And here we go. The Sprista's Goose. <laughs> I don't apocalypse on Shabbos. <laughs> Trump Shabbos. <laughs> I say that doesn't sound like too good of a story for him then. <laughs> yes, it's an 80s film, but it's a quintessential 80s film. That motherfucker gets me excited about science. But yes, I, I do think that this movie requires a couple more views. I have the same cup size as Doc Hawk. <laughs> Give me my sandwich. <laughs> no crusts. Was it an instant classic for you? Uh, no. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, moviegoers of all ages, welcome to the Don't Be Crazy podcast. Here we discuss and dissect what makes a film, past or present, absolutely amazing or a pile of hot garbage. All that we ask of each other, don't be crazy. Don't be crazy, Zach. I'm going to try not to. Justin, don't be crazy. <laughs> That's what I do. I'm certifiable, man. <laughs> You're crazy. Fuck crazy. Thank you so much. <laughs> Yahoo. I'm Justin Cavender, and with me is <laughs> Zach Dale <laughs> E2. <laughs> I don't know where this came from. This code. Code name. It's your no, trucker name. Is, uh, I'm, I'm Rubber Ducky. <laughs> <laughs> You're this is Zach uh, Dale 82. This is Zach Rancourt coming to you, uh, coming to you live from the uh, the Den O Nerd Day Cavender. But it's a it's a beautiful Den O Nerd there, Justin. Moved into the new digs. I got a great view of some uh, Ken and Ryu back there. Do you say Ryu or Ryu? Um, I said Ryu until like last year. Yeah, <laughs> tomato, Ken Ryu. Tomato, tomato, tomato. Yeah. So. Anyways. And the Blanca. He's the, he's the green guy. <laughs> I relate to him he's, because... He's like, Shrek, dude. He's yeah, Shrek. I kind of have this hunch. <laughs> I'm really like six and a half feet tall, but with my hunch, I'm like 5'11". Plus, you're a ginger in real life. <laughs> dude, I I couldn't grow red hair if I tried. I mean, I've tried. <laughs> Genetics. God, that's... Shots. Those are crazy. Mm-hmm. I like Blanca. He's a... Uh, he doesn't talk much. <laughs> He's a grumble, grumble kind of guy. <laughs> that, that's pretty much me, oh. to a T. So, on this show, we like to talk about what makes a movie great. And of course, every podcast in the world does the exact same thing. So, what we are trying to do is convince each other who is right and who is wrong when it comes to these motion picture shows. Every once in a while, we will agree. Um, there are some movies like Clue. For example, is a movie that we both really enjoy and both love. And this week, we're actually going to talk about one of my all-time favorite movies, Big Trouble in Little China. It's uh, John Carpenter. Uh, it's one of my all-time favorite movies. I can watch it any day of the week. Uh, it's kind of my go-to. Uh, it's from 1986. Uh, this is one of the first movies I actually remember uh, my parents renting on VHS. We had just gotten a VHS player. And went to what was called a video store <laughs> back in the day. Um, uh, was there a phone booth outside that video <laughs> store? You better believe it. With Colin Farrell <laughs> making long-distance person-to-person phone calls. Kifa, Kifa Sutherland. Yeah. Spoiler alert. He's the bad guy in that Whoa. Movie. This is not that kind of podcast. We're not no. trying to spoil shit for you guys. <laughs> no kidding. But Big Trouble in Little China. This was a movie. My da- I remember my dad rented it. And, you know, I was six years old. And when we were watching it, my mom's like, what the hell did you rent? And we were just glued to the TV. We absolutely loved it. And Zach, you have never seen it up until last week. Uh, that was when you got your first dose of Jack Burton. <laughs> and uh, That was when I first got my Burtonitis. Right. 
just real quick before we get into the the real meat and potatoes what was your initial reaction uh and uh this is a safe space so you just keep that <laughs> yeah. in mind um you know it, it it wasn't very good i and and don't be crazy zach uh, you're gonna have to do some convincing man it the 80s nostalgia side because i'm I, I love the 80s don't get me wrong but despite that there were so many flaws in it and we'll get into that but i just i just could not get into it and I'm really hoping you got some good uh, gusto for me today, because I'm not I'm not feeling that too much. So yeah, yeah. So that's that's going to be the first uphill battle for me, really, is because nostalgia plays a huge role in my love for this movie. You know, like I said, I was six years old. I watched it with my pa <laughs> <laughs> in the den with the green shag carpet. Oh, pa! Did and, you have to put uh, your old yeller down after that? Yeah, too? <laughs> pretty much. That's another movie that I've seen a thousand Ooh. times. If you, um, like, if that, you like crying, I guess now kids will watch. You know, whatever. I, I don't even know. Let's just a say Dog's Purpose. Sure. <laughs> I, I don't. I, I, is that, that's a real. There's got to be some movie <laughs> that every child is just 100% attached to and that watches over and over and over and over again. And when I was a little boy, it was Old Yeller. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't so. know what mine was. I used to watch Fievel a lot. Remember Fievel Goes yeah, West? Yeah, or no, yeah. that was a sequel. That was a sequel. Uh, Amer- an American, American Tale. Tale. That the immigrant mice movie. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Sure. What's immigration? <laughs> yeah, that's hardcore, man. Yeah. This poor family trying to make it in America. Hey, they made it, right? They, uh, well, sort of. They were separated. That's I mean, it's true. actually it kind of hits close to home for a lot of people, I'm sure. It's yeah. actually a pretty depressing little cartoon. Jesus. A, pre- a depressing little yarn. I am so sorry to bring this down. <laughs> you Let's know, talk about something good. Dude, honestly, <laughs> I remember crying my eyes out watching an American Tale, uh, especially the part where they're singing somewhere out there to each other. The yeah. Mom. yeah. Or, it was the sister and the and five. It was the sister and yeah. five. And so they're separated and he's singing and, and it would just was this cue to where I would just start bawling. Yeah. I just couldn't take it. I felt so bad for this poor little mouse. Yeah. I was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I hate this movie. It sucks. Well, I liked it, but I'm also pretty weird. So. You are. Yeah. Strange man. Anyway, <laughs> back to Big Trouble in Little China. So this is a movie that stars um, a real treasure, <laughs> an American treasure, <laughs> Kurt Russell. My spirit animal, love him to death, love every movie this man has done. I even like him as um, Stuntman Mike. In... Stuntman Mike. <laughs> Wait, hold on. Every movie. Have you seen Sky High? Yes, I love Sky High. You don't like that movie? Uh, Are you fucking kidding me? That movie's amazing. It's it's uh it's okay. War and peace. <laughs> it's uh it's okay. Oh my god, I love that movie. Who's the who's the girl in that movie? She's hot. She's uh. She's an actress. Yeah, she's actually in <laughs> Death Proof, too. Uh, is she? Yeah, she's the one that stays behind when they're all driving the car. Oh, Mary Elizabeth, Mary Winstead. Elizabeth Winstead. Yeah. yeah. Dude, she's a fantastic actress. Mm-hmm. She's in Ten Scott Pilgrim. Lane, Scott Pilgrim. Dude! I'm, okay, real I quick. I loved Ten Cloverfield Okay, <laughs> That's I what we freaking, gotta talk about. Oh my god, I love that movie. Absolutely love that movie, movie yeah. That was, that, I was not expecting that to happen. I was like, okay, it's gonna be, oh no, it's real. It was, oh, sorry spoilers, but yeah, wow. That was fantastic. John Goodman, he was like... Yeah, he's just great in everything he does. Yeah. And I don't apocalypse on Shabbos. <laughs> Trump Shabbos. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Oh. I'm sure he should don't fucking roll. <laughs> oh man. Okay. Show her fucking Chavez. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Big trouble. Uh, in the little China. 
This is a fantastic movie, and I'm sad to hear that um, you are not all gaga. I mean, perhaps it's a guilty pleasure movie for me at this point. Um, I, I know the whole movie by heart. I love it to death. Um, Kim Cattrall was one of my first celebrity crushes. She was not only 80s hot, but she kept her hotness throughout her entire career. I think she is absolutely amazing. Was she Samantha in Sex and the City? Yes. I've never even seen an episode of Sex and the City, but, but you know I knew who that. she is. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> she was dynamite, man. She was in Police Academy. She was in Mannequin. She was. Yeah. Oh man, I saw that in the theater. She was the mannequin. Yeah. <laughs> she didn't have to do much. She just stood there for a long time. <laughs> now she's in every department store window. You see. <laughs> that's uh, she really made it. That's that's the American dream right there. Fuck five old. That's the American dream right there. <laughs> I want to come to America to be a mannequin. Just stand there. <laughs> oh my goodness. But yes, big trouble, little time. Um, I guess I can give you a quick little breakdown. Um, the cast, you know, is Kurt Russell, as mentioned, Kim Cattrall, um, James Hong, who was uh, Lopan. This is a man that has been in a billion trillion motion picture shows. I think it's like something like five hundred, like four or five hundred credits. Yeah. He is, he's awesome. He is yeah. so great. He one is Poe's dad. <laughs> one of, <laughs> that's right. He's Poe's dad. One of my favorite roles of his is actually in Wayne's World 2. It's a just a quick cameo. He plays um, Cassandra's dad. Mm-hmm. And they have that awesome du- English dubbed fight scene. And uh, dude, his ha 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 So good. But yeah. So you're new to the show Friends. But I'm pretty sure he's... Um, John Favreau's trainer when he wants to be an ultimate fighter. Yes, I remember that now that you brought it up. Okay, yeah, but he was only in like one, one episode. or two episodes. Yeah, yeah. yeah I yeah. mean, it's just cool that he's he's got a pretty big range. He, he, he was actually great. born in 1929 in Minneapolis, Minnesota. What? Like Prince? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just like him. <laughs> Whoa! The more you know, right? Wow! Yeah. I was not expecting Minnesota, but okay. You, you know, I actually met him once. Um, it was so strange. I was at this um, super nerdy sci-fi convention in Pasadena, California, mm-hmm. and uh, it was for Battle. <laughs> no, it was for Babylon Five, which was a super nerdy right. sci-fi show in the '90s. And my buddy was waiting to get somebody's autograph, and I was just hanging out. And I looked over, and I was like, "Holy shit!" There is Lopan standing five feet away from me. <laughs> and I went up to him. And I'm like, "Mr. Hong, you are one of my my." favorite actors i love everything that you do big trouble little china is one of my favorite movies and like he put his arm on my shoulder told me you know thank you so much for the support and he was totally cool i mean cool. i was like probably drooling at the mouth i was like holy <laughs> shit well it's a good is... thing you don't have green eyes right. <laughs> <laughs> it would have got bad <laughs> it would have got weird real bad i would have had to send up my kurt russell signal into you the gotta, sky you gotta touch that weird ass white ball that they touched which made no sense we'll get into that but <laughs> that's that's the 80s man that's uh, magic no <laughs> that's my, movie mind magic freak. <laughs> <laughs> just quit harshing on my gig <laughs> looking poly short uh. as shit <laughs> Uh, anywho, big trouble of time. Um, fantastic. And there's a fun little breakdown. I read this sort of um, on IMDb. We're not we're not reaching here, but we're just on IMDb. And under storyline, it says truck driver Jack Burton arrives in Chinatown, San Francisco, and goes to the airport with his Chinese friend Wang Chi. <laughs> not Wang, <laughs> not Wang Chong. <laughs> That would be a racist. 
<laughs> and Wing Chi just a little bit better. Wing Chi to welcome a green-eyed fiance, Mao Ying, who is arriving from China. Um, however, she is kidnapped on arrival uh, by a Chinese street gang, and Jack and Wang chase down the group. Soon they learn that a powerful evil sorcerer named David Lopan has been cursed and more than 2,000 years ago, to the extent uh, without a physical body, he needs to marry a woman with green eyes to retrieve his physical body, and Mao Yang is the chosen one. So, from, from this moment on, we know that the mission is to save the woman with green eyes. Now, Jack Burton, played by Kurt Russell, is just amazing in this movie. <laughs> he is this happy-go-lucky truck driver is that he? <laughs> I mean, he is to me okay i mean love is blind zach <laughs> <laughs> so i see what i want to see that's what ugly people say <laughs> <laughs> and i just can't get enough of this man i mean all, at the end of the day all he wants is his truck back <laughs> the old pork chop express he, he wants his money because wang chi owns him some money <laughs> And he wants his, his GD truck. And uh, the only way to get those back is to get that woman with green eyes, Mao Ying. And, um, I feel like that's a life lesson. Right? <laughs> the only way to prosper in life is get that woman with green eyes. jeez. That's, that's it. He's got to go through a, a whole army of angry Chinese men to do it. Uh, fair enough. That's another thing. These guys are just armed to the teeth. <laughs> it's a kung fu movie, but they got guns. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and that guy has like a bandolier, and I was like, I don't want to see Red Dead. Like, yeah, what the no, hell he's is a this? cowboy. Yeah, and that guy, that guy's been in a lot of other movies too. He was in uh, Lethal T- Weapon. Yeah, Lethal Weapon, TMNT, um, and yeah, TMNT, uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> um, yeah, he's one of Shredder's goons. Yeah, and then there was uh, a few other people. The guy, yeah, the lethal weapon guy. He was also in Last Action Hero. He got the cone in the back of his head. Yeah. Um, oh, man, there were so many other famous Chinese actors, and it was it was really cool to actually have a cast like that and not have it completely whitewashed, which I thought was was pretty rad. Actually, <laughs> right. Kurt Russell is playing every Chinese person in this movie. <laughs> He's like the Eddie Murphy of <laughs> of this movie. Yeah. No, no, but they, they, they did a cool job with that, and I really like to add on to what you're saying. James Hong was, he he, he was cool in it, too. Yeah. I mean, So like, was I, uh, Victor I, Wong, who played Egg Shen, who was this yeah. sorcerer. Um, you would recognize him from a million movies as well. He was also in um, Tremors. And Three Ninjas. And Three Ninjas. He's the grandpa. He's the grandpa. Yeah, it teaches them how to fight. And yeah. he gives them awesome names like Colt. Yeah, and Rocky. <laughs> and Rocky. And, and the and fat one's named Tom Tom. Oh my god, uh, the three stoner guys that go to kidnap them, <laughs> Little dudes. The, we're not gonna hurt you, we're just gonna kidnap you, oh my god, I love that. Oh man. That is that is from the amazing Victor Hong, love that guy. Anywho, um, so this is a movie, again, this is a movie that I love and adore, and I know you have some trivia for me, uh, perhaps some things that I don't even know about the movie, so this is one of those more you know kind of moments. Yeah, actually, so surprisingly, thanks to the interwebs. Yeah. Um, Isn't that amazing? You just type in stuff. It's like a Star Trek computer. Yeah, I just put like cool naked chicks one day, and <laughs> really stu- fun stuff happened. Um, so, uh, basically, Dwayne The Rock Johnson is looking to 
uh, reboot this movie, and not as a um, a redo of the film, uh, essentially a remake. He is trying to create a sequel, yeah. almost, um, in a different a different style. So he's not going to play Jack Burton because. He said, and I quote, which is kind of a misquote, uh, no one else will be Jack Burton. So, I mean, I, I think that's respect to Kurt Russell. Kurt Russell, he's not the greatest actor in the world. Sorry, don't hit me. Um, he's not the greatest actor in the world, but he does some pretty awesome and iconic roles. And he's he's had lasting power. I mean, I've seen a ton of Kurt Russell films. And this is slightly tangent. Uh, I've seen a ton of Kurt Russell films. I, I really do like his work. Um, this one wasn't my favorite but uh i i I like that dwayne johnson is respecting him in in that sense and he understands that this movie has gained a big cult following so real quick what is your favorite kurt russell (laughs) oh man okay so i really 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 love the thing the 82 version uh from john carpenter um i thought he was he was so good in that um i i loved snake plissken i loved escape from new york and stuff um, I really liked Miracle. I liked him, <laughs> dude. Herb, Herb, <laughs> again, <laughs> again. <laughs> again. Um, yeah, no, he was great in that. I loved him as John Ruth in uh, Hateful Eight. Thought he was so good in that role. <laughs> the <too>. president, <laughs> Abraham Lincoln. <laughs> oh man, I thought he was so good in that role. What about Wyatt Earp in Tombstone? Uh, in Tombstone, he plays uh, he, uh, the hard ass Wyatt Earp. He he did he did a he did a good job in that. I I don't I've only ever seen Tombstone once or twice, so I don't remember too much about it. But I do know that he did he did a pretty good job. I liked him as Stuntman Mike. I thought it was cool. Um, it was that one was a, a fun like practical effect movie, and it was just pure like Tarantino's love of stunt work. And that's why I think it was fun because it was just a car chase. It was like Vanishing Point and stuff. It was just a car chase movie, and and it w- it was cool to see him play that role. Um, yeah, he, a bad guy. Kurt Russell isn't a bad guy. Too yeah, often. he he definitely has a, a persona about him and a, and a way he does things. Um, I just I'm not as in love with him as you are. Oh man, so, I, I want him to be my tauntaun, and I just crawl up inside and stay warm. <laughs> Uh. <laughs> oh, got, got a little weird. <laughs> oh god, I got weird. Uh, anyways, go, moving on to the other part. Um, so uh, basically, Kurt Russell was not always the first choice, though, from the studio execs. John Carpenter had to fight pretty hard to get him. Um, they originally wanted Mr. Clint Eastwood to play Jack Burton. Justin, would that be weird if Clint Eastwood, if the Squint Eastwood, played uh, Mr. Burton? <laughs> uh, I think so. The role would have been different, though. It would have been more of a, I feel like a Dirty Harry vibe, because Kurt, uh, Jack Burton's kind of a funny dude. You know, he has a way about yeah. him. You know, he has this charisma and sort of this 80s trucker kind of vibe, you know? Like, not quite like a Smokey and the Bandit, but um, there's just something, we- he has a, a swagger about him. Yeah. And I don't see that with Clint Eastwood. Yes. I only ever see this mean, angry man, whereas Kurt Russell, I felt like, just embodied that character. Oh, come on. Everybody knows that Flags of Our Fathers was a comedy. Right. <laughs> right. And he wasn't even in it. No. So. <laughs> and that other movie with the car, Grand Torino. Oh, Grand Torino. I mean, that was a laugh out loud riot, right? <laughs> that dude, that, his little neighbor buddy was the worst actor ever. Oh, yeah, he was. He and... was terrible. I mean... I'm not a good actor, but <laughs> I know that I'm not a good actor. There's a difference. 
Yeah, but self awareness. <laughs> I, I and and we'll get into that in in a bit. But yes, I I do think that Kurt Russell, the saving grace for me on on this film, and the only thing that kept me in it was was him because of his comedic timing and just it just seems natural for him. I feel like that's how Kurt Russell is in real life. <laughs> And that's that. That's what was so cool. They say never meet your heroes, right? I'm not allowed to meet Kurt Russell, not because of a restraining order or anything, but just because I don't want that to be damaging to me. Uh, I, I would hate to be saddened. He's just an asshole in real life. Yeah, give me my sandwich. <laughs> no crusts. Oh man, I'll be like that blue guy in Spider-Man Two, where he's like Spider-Man. Spider-Man. <laughs> when he's all mad, and he got spurned. Oh god, Spider-Man! Let's I not, don't want to get spurned. Let's make by sure Jack we call it its real like name, the Amazing Spider-Man Two, because Spider-Man Two, the one with Doc Ock, was a gem. Yeah, with the, the man boobs. I have the same cup size as Doc Ock. <laughs> Interestingly enough, Alfred Molina. <laughs> oh god, fun trivia. Um, yeah, so he wasn't the first uh, choice for the execs, but um, after Eastwood wasn't able to do it, John Carpenter got his way. <laughs> And and the rest was history, as they say. Um, now this movie did not do well in box offices, uh, but just like anything and any type of movie we're talking about on this podcast, it gained a cult following or it gained an appreciation from the masses after viewing it. Because what do critics know? You know, I mean, <laughs> absolutely, nothing. absolutely nothing <laughs> for the most part. But um, yeah, so that was that was really cool. Um, also. In the opening scene of this film, uh, it is it's kind of out of pocket. It's uh, it's a scene with Eggshen, and he is being interviewed by a lawyer type. I want to say um, maybe like a mayor, and he's asking kind of what happened. And he basically says, you know, we would all be lost if it wasn't for Jack Burton. And then the you know the opening title card starts. Port Shop Express goes on. That was added post-production, apparently. Um, during this whole movie, if you watch it without that scene, and if you really look at it, Wang is more of the central character than Jack Burton is. Jack's always kind of haphazardly walking around places and gets knocked out when he shoots the, <laughs> the oh, Yeah, door I love frame. that part. He's like, yeah, um, just shoots the sky and the bricks hit him in the head. I'm feeling pretty good. Um, but, you know, he, he, he doesn't really do that much. And that was one of my bigger gripes of the movie. I was like, when is he going to do things? I felt like that episode <laughs> in Family Guy when Peter's like poking, he's like, do something. <laughs> I don't remember what that was. I could just be making that up. But, yeah. Um... So that scene was added to give some spice to Jack Burton. Um and uh yeah, it was I thought that was really cool. Um that's all I kind of have. So do you want to jump into it or Yeah. Okay. Um Well, I see you have notes. I took I took <laughs> I took some handwritten notes. Right. And I'm very proud of you for doing that. I haven't Thanks. had to I haven't had the opportunity to do that, but I've seen the movie a million times, okay. and I'm going to rely on the old noggin yeah. to, to pull this one off. So I'm just going to get into the, the emotions of, of, of just watching this. So, like, again, nostalgia side, 80s film aside, and I was trying to really uh, disassociate myself from that because, like, when we were talking about Clue last week, um, that was... That had a lot of nostalgia for me, but I realized that that's not the best way to convey why I thought it was such a good movie. Now, with this, I completely tried to remove that and said okay if they remade this now how would this be and wait i'm sorry real quick 
Um, was it hard for you to look at this objectively when you know how passionate I am about this movie? N- no, no, absolutely not, actually. So what I did is I purposely went in and I was like, I'm just, I'm glad I've never seen it because if, and this is kind of the point of our podcast is if I have seen it once and you've seen it a bunch or vice versa, um, but I know that you really like it and I'm kind of like, eh, I'll change the way I think because I know what you would think or I would Uh, laugh maybe what you would laugh. You were going to advocate for the devil. Well, now, so this, I went in and I was like, I have no idea because your description was great how you told me because I... I've known about this movie. I didn't grow up under a rock. At least I don't think I did. Um, but I knew about this movie, but I didn't know anything about it, if that makes any sense. So when you described like, well, he's a truck driver and he goes into San Francisco, Chinatown, and then there's sorcery and it gets crazy. I was <laughs> Is like, that what I said? <laughs> something like that and along those lines. And I was like, Okay, that's all I need. So I don't know if I'm going to love it. I don't know if I'm not. Now, it was written by Gary Goldman. Uh, he also, yeah, Gary Goldman. He also did uh, one of my more favorite, he's, he's a great sci-fi writer, but he did one of my more favorite sci-fi films, Total Recall. Um, he wrote it, or he was a writer on it. He also did the, the remake in 2012. He did Minority Report, which is excellent. Um, so... I I appreciate that for sure, and I appreciate the idea behind it because I like the uh, all the magic and the flying. <laughs> <laughs> I really like that movie, all the magic and the flying, all the flying and the, the magic. Flying and the magic. Um, one thing though, is Kurt Russell wearing eyeliner in this movie? Maybe it's the eighties, man. Man, that was that was bothering me, and I didn't know if that was just an eighties thing or if it was to enhance his character, but that was uh, and it just. It seemed that this the the world building for the film was happening so fast, like so, you know they start out they do they do the the whole bottle trick and the gambling and stuff um, it, between him and Wang, and then they go to the random airport which has horrible security that everyone just hangs out outside uh, and punks. Well, in the eighties, in the eighties you could do whatever you want. Uh, honestly, any time before nine eleven, you that's, were able to do that. Yeah, that's true. Well, and then, yeah, it, it, it all happened so fast. Like, those three guys came, that the gang, I can't remember what they were, and then they drive the truck down a really narrow alleyway, which, why the hell did he do that? Because it was so narrow. And then a gang war happens. Like, there was just, it seemed to be happening so fast. Now, when I watched it a second time... Wait, what's happening fast? The, the, the world building, the story, it didn't really... Well, because that's the thing. There's no world to build because you live in this world, my friend. And this, all this horrible is happening. And the only reason that you can sleep safely at night is because Jack Burton is there to take care of you. <laughs> Bravo. Okay. Okay, well, see, I didn't... Hmm. Uh, I'll give you that one. Okay, I'm going to give you that one. I was going to call you crazy, but I'll give you that one. Nope, that's it, man. That actually... That works. Okay, so I'll scratch that then. But it did It did seem, if you watch this with a very subjective eye, it's it's like, what the hell? This is happening so fast. Um, I mean, they go like 0 to 100. Like, and, and it makes more sense what you were saying about how all he cares about is getting that money and his truck back. Because it goes from... They're getting attacked by the rival gangs. He tries to run over Lopan, and he gets some puddle water splash in his eyes. 
And if that was me, I'd be like, I'm out of here, man. He's like, no, 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 I'll go with you to this really crazy whorehouse and go get your fiance back because I have to. And I'll break into this warehouse because I have to. I guess that can make Jack more of a hero? Question mark? I think so. But why? If, 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 you, if you stated that his motives are purely for, for economic gain and what else is he going to get out of it? I mean... Well... I th- at first, it's it's purely an economic gain where he wants his money because he won the bet with Wang, mm-hmm. and then he's not going to get his money until Wang gets his fiance back. But at the same time, after being exposed to this world and seeing how scared his friend Wang is, he becomes invested. You know, he even says, "You know, uh, two of us. I said I was coming with you. You know, like yeah. he's like, I'll even go on alone if I have to." He's like, no, nah, hold on, I'm going with you, relax. You know, because that's his attitude. You know, he's like the, dude, relax, I got this. I can, I can, I can do this. Okay. I'm on board. You know, he even stops Wang and says, look, I told you, he said two of us. Uh, I'm going with you. He even says that. So do you think Jack Burton is an honorable man? I do. Uh, in the Han Solo scoundrel sense. I think that's a good comparison. Like at at the not as cool the, as Han Solo. At the end but, of the day, mm-hmm. he is a good person. Like he, yeah, he's going to make decisions that will um, benefit him, mm-hmm. and and he will profit. But when the chips are down and he sees that something is not right, he will make the right call. You're a good man, Jack Burton. Yep, exactly. You're a good man, Jack Burton. And he's like, come on, <laughs> right? Like, yeah. like he knows it. As much as he tries to not be, um, you know, he was a guy who's down on his luck. You know, he's already been married once. Um, he's just traveling. He's 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 got his own little business. He's, he's eating sandwiches in his truck. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and he's talking to anybody that'll listen. The old you know, he's, he's a lonely breath. man. At the at, honestly, at the end of the <laughs> no, day, he's yeah, a lonely he man. You know, he's he's talking on his CB radio to anybody that'll listen because he just he needs that human element. He and and he doesn't know it right away. But he needs friends, and that's what he has with with Wang. Okay, yeah, I'll give you that one too. I'll give you that one too. <laughs> I feel like I'm ahead. <laughs> um, some of the so some of the acting and some of the dialogue did seem a little forced and a little scripted. Obviously, it's a movie, but I mean, it just seemed <laughs> scripted in the sense of it wasn't natural. It's very much like Justin. What do you think? And then you answer like right away in the same type of tone or a same. But who was this back and forth with? Well, I specifically remember like Wang didn't do the greatest job. Dennis Dunn. I liked Wang a lot, but his acting stand as an acting standpoint in this movie, it just it was so just like, uh, I don't know. I felt like I was watching a play almost, but it's like a high school play. When he was acting. Okay, I can see that. And I, I don't think he was really experienced um, to to really pull that off with the acting mm-hmm. chops. You know, there are those actors that are out there um, where people's performance is elevated uh, based on who they're sharing a scene with. Oh, absolutely. You know, like Philip Seymour Hoffman is someone that brings out the best in everybody. Oh, my gosh, um, yeah. Christian Bale, he's another one. Mm-hmm. Bit of a dick in real life, but... When he's a fantastic actor, though. He's a fantastic. He's a chameleon too. He's like, still a dick, but yes. like he, he just transforms, and anybody that's sharing a scene with him just is elevated mm-hmm. a thousand. Dude, times. Mark Wahlberg in the Fighter. Yeah, yeah. 
Oh like, my god, when the two of them, Mickey and Dickie. <laughs> oh god, it's nuts, dude. Yeah, man, that's a fantastic movie. Yeah, oh. I mean, they are just brilliant. Yes, and um, you know, you don't get that with every Mark Wahlberg movie. You know, a lot of times it's just Mark Wahlberg, but honestly, Christian Bale just elevated the shit out of that movie. So, I mean, as much as I love Kurt Russell, maybe he just doesn't have that the same ability to elevate other people. Mm-hmm. You know, because he's just playing Jack Burton. And at the end of the day, I feel like <laughs> Kurt Russell is Jack Burton. So, if he's if he's more casual and more like, hey, what's going on, guys, kind of thing, like, maybe he just doesn't have that. Yeah, and and, and I can see that. I mean, if it's... If it's not necessarily, if he hasn't been in that many of these roles, I don't know. Dennis Dunn, I believe, played um, Wang. I don't know if he, how many other roles he's had before that. Um, that's not to say that he had a bad performance. Like I, I still liked his character a lot. Right. Um, I think he was very good at his nonverbal communication. His facial expressions were like spot on for certain things. Like when he was fighting, a, I don't know, whatever that. Other Raid, Raiden number two, yeah. <laughs> Raiden number two. When he was fighting him in that dancing, jumping, ridiculous sword fight um, at the climax of the movie, um, I loved when uh, Raiden two, like, yeah. And then he just raised his eyebrows. Raiden two was like, "What the hell?" And Wang just raised his eyebrows, like, "Dude, he was badass." Right? Like, no, that's incredible. And by the way, it was his third credit. Okay, okay. So I'll give him. I'll give him that. How many had Kurt Russell had before? Oh, a billion. He's been acting his entire life. Even when he was a child. Oh, that's right. Well, he was in Andy Griffith. Yeah. Or was he in the Andy, Andy Griffith show? I mean, or... he was at Gilligan's Island once. Yeah, something like that. Kurt Russell's been acting since he came out of his mother's womb. His son is now an actor. He was in Overlord, actually. His most recent credit. Oh, man. I loved Overlord. Did you yeah. see that? No, I heard, it was, I heard it was actually pretty cool. It was oh, kind of like Wolfenstein. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, it's like, it's like if I played too much Wolfenstein before I went to bed and then had a nightmare about it, that is fucking overlord. You had too much surge, surge yeah. <laughs> soda pop. Yeah. Um, Whew. I mean, it was intense. So I, but I, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Dennis Dunn. I mean, he was obviously new, very green. Um, and it's a movie that doesn't take itself too seriously. Um, but at the same time, yeah, you're right. He is more of an action star in that movie yeah. than he is, um, sort of this, you know, whatever. Care Bear. Care Bear. Um, so, the other thing, too, that was just so ridiculous. The So, I'm a sucker for an awesome, like, kung fu film or an awesome um, uh, practical fight scene. And these fights were cool to some point, but when they started breaking arms and heads and stuff, man, those were, like, Muppets or like Raggedy Ann dolls being broken. It was so bad. I I don't and that's that. There's no way that's an 80s an 80s thing. That was just a almost. Do you think they used that? Like I'm saying, when they broke when they broke the arm, it like went backwards. Right. It looked like a, the straw man. It looked yeah, like, like like Scarecrow getting yeah, his arm broken. Yeah, and, I get it. And that was why use that technique or aesthetic instead of using like practical fights i mean shit rocky was i mean that kind of stuff and then yeah that's one-on-one but they still had more believable fight scenes than this (laughs) right well so i feel like part of that is like an homage to the kung fu cinema from like the 70s where enter the dragon and yeah just sort of that over the top ridiculous violence but not like bloody gore violence Mm -hmm. but but just arm breaking and and limb destroying you know there's some pretty terrible movies out there 
Um, like one that comes to mind is the Fatal Flying Guillotine. It's just this asshole that throws his hat with a bunch of blades, like Kung Lao, basically. Like and, odd job, yeah, from... like, but it's like all kinds of crazy blades on it. Oh yeah, and it just chops off heads, and it's it's exactly like that. So really, I think uh, I would venture to guess that a lot of that is sort of an homage to those seventies yeah. kung fu movies. I don't know that that took me out of it though, and that's I, fine. But yeah. if you were someone that grew up in that era, it would it would be like home, and it's. Sort of the the, the the chicken soup for the, the kung fu soul, as it were. I don't know. I think that's a little crazy. I'm not I'm not buying that too much. That doesn't... I mean, I get it. You can argue all day long that it's the effects were cheese ball. And I, I would agree. But I yeah. think that as someone that has seen multiple kung fu movies from the 70s, yeah. it is a lot like that. Okay. But that's fine. I mean, if you're a visual guy... And you need these amazing effects. Hey, I look in the mirror every day, all right? <laughs> if you I'm need a visual the, guy. If you need the Michael Bay helicopters and the quick cuts, then, you know, so be it. <laughs> I, don't need no, I don't need no helicopters. Um, just stealth bombers. There you Christian go. Slater, John Travolta, Broken Arrow. Um, <laughs> you ever seen that? Oh, yeah. Fuck yeah. Solid How we long ripped the door off. Um, yeah, let's talk about that floating head. I'm jumping way towards the end. What the hell was that? That so it it it, it you know it, it hooked me in a little bit. It was like the movie was catch or casting a reel, and I was like, okay, I'll nibble a little bit. I'll come in because it started picking up a little bit. Um, you know, Eggshen took Burton and Wang and um the other uh Wing Wing Key or oh god, I'm so sorry for mispronouncing it. Uh, the group. Uh, the black and yellow yeah. gang. The, the, good, the good guys. The ones that do this. You guys yeah. can't see what we're doing, but yeah. it's this. <laughs> the little L for love. It's like, it's like <laughs> L for love. Shang-Chi? Yeah. Shang-Chi, sure. I think. Um, and uh, takes them, and they go in the underground tunnels to go to Lopan's. Lopan is down there. Yeah. So, funny... Um, I felt like they used the exact same set because all they did was cross. And this goes back to my felt very Monty Python like. Mm-hmm. Well, um, this movie probably cost them like eight dollars to make. It's a very low budget. Okay, because it looked really low budget. Like they they crossed this bridge in this underwater foggy dry ice smoke area, and then like two minutes uh, cut by to Lopan, and then it comes back and they cross the bridge the other way. Right. <laughs> and they're like, oh, we've been walking forever. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, he just turned around like that wasn't anything and then a weird Don't fucking crazy Zach. and then You're a being crazy and right then, now no and then a weird fucking mothra thing comes out of nowhere and eats that guy right so you have to remember so i feel like that trivia scene that you were talking about where egg shen is at the beginning and he explains that uh, leave jack burton alone this is a world of magic and sorcery and things that you don't understand and he even goes so far as to make a little lightning bolt to show him as proof. So right away, you have to acknowledge that this is a sci-fi fantasy kung fu horror movie. Okay. And so when you throw out words like science fiction and fantasy, it's okay to have these floaty tents. Because <laughs> you got to remember, Lopan's been around for thousands of years. Yeah. You know, he is, he is a... And right now he's immortal. Basically, I mean, he's dead, but not really. But at the same time, you know, he is a wielder of magic, and so is Egg Shen. They are both sorcerers, and they even have this epic, you know, wizarding duel. 
So that your Schwartz is, is bigger than mine. Right? That's what it felt like. <laughs> and so, you know, I, I can defend this tooth and nail all day long, but at, when when the credits roll, you have to realize that you just watched a a sci-fi fantasy. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> You're such an asshole, dude. Uh, it's, there's magic and sorcery. You can't, just do, you can't use magic to mask a not good movie. <laughs> I'm not saying that. You're it's all the magic. It's, like... <laughs> it's all the flying. But I mean, magic. you watch Harry Potter and there's all kinds don't of Don't you say a bad around. word about Harry Potter. I would never in a million years. But I mean, you when you're watching a Harry Potter movie, there's a broom sweeping by itself. It's there's true. there's shit flying all over the place. There's owls that deliver mail. That's there's true. there's portraits that move and have conversations. There's a ghost nearly headless Nick is walking around. That's magic. Yeah. And if 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 Harry Potter were filmed in the 80s, I'm sure it would be a lot just as bad. Yeah. Uh there was this really shitty uh Tim Curry movie called The Worst Witch and it's pretty bad but i imagine that that's what harry potter would be minus the ever so amazing tim curry um but that's how i imagine that harry potter would be if it, if it was filmed in 80s so okay i could i can see that to a certain extent um yeah, it's it, witchcraft it, it doesn't sorcery. it doesn't excuse some of the ridiculous creatures though like that floating head thing that made no sense he kept licking his eyeballs mm-hmm. and... well it's just to be gross john carpenter is kind of a gross dude Hey, that's very offensive of John Carpenter. Yeah, <laughs> he's a musician. <laughs> I mean, he had a movie called The Thing with yeah, that's true with a dog and weird alien shit going on. Those and... were some of the best practical effects <laughs> ever, though. the The dude who did the effects for that film like actually hospitalized himself because he worked so damn hard. He exhausted yeah, himself. Can't do that. It's insane. Um, so some of that threw me off and it was it was hard because it almost felt like it was a little too much mm-hmm. um because I'll, I'll give you I'll give you the sorcery and the magic and stuff um but some of it felt a little forced or just thrown in there for the sake of it like the fucking uh Toka and Razar guy <laughs> from um who was <laughs> yeah who was in the truck with him in, in the in the captures Kim spoilers Kim yeah yeah but uh yeah his eyes in the thing and he captures her like he made no sense right but again this is an underground world that you are not exposed to you don't go trouncing around through the the sewers in in Chinatown I'm never going to San Francisco again <laughs> <laughs> Seattle's the sister city they're the we, same so thing. we got some monsters in our <laughs> sewers yeah you go uh, so you go to San Francisco and you are not going to go wandering through the sewers the whole, the whole idea is that you know like Jack Burton we have been in the dark of this this world it, sure. it has not existed to us so sure. even he's like what the hell is that it'll come back no more what huh what will come back no more like he is on the same page as you. You guys are reading the same fucking book. And he is not aware of what's going on. He he hates every second of it. You are, as you sit in your seat, you are Jack Burton on this journey. And I, I think the the thing that works for me, and I'm just going to give credit to this, is um, he is very realistic. And he has a very um, uh, practical mindset. So where everyone else is, you know, oh, like when Wang is explaining, uh, you hear these stories as a kid, you know, and I didn't even want to believe them, but, but you know, they're real. He's very much like, no, nah, no way. Like, right. and he's like, what the hell is this? Let's just get this done. <laughs> he even says, I'm a reasonable guy, yeah. but I've just experienced some very unreasonable things. Yes, yes. So it, he's very grounded. It, but God, some of it just seemed like it was so forced and there was too much of it. Um, 
but I'll, I guess I'll give you that because I can I can kind of see. <laughs> You're giving me a lot on this podcast. <laughs> I'm trying to be nice, <laughs> even though I don't want to be. What else does your notes say? Um, <laughs> um, okay, so one thing I will say is is the the comedic timing of of uh, Mr. Russell was was awesome. I loved um, just his his whole lingo and how he talked his crackerjack plan and they take a fucking phone into a, a, a rotary telephone into the thing and they pretend like, and they're wearing jean jackets like that that constitutes you as some sort of like phone expert or specific bell phone okay so that like, right there that was awesome that's that's a nod to um their bruce lee movie um, <gasps> oh yeah uh what is that like chinese connection or something yes like yes that? yes 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 i know what you're talking about yes Oh, okay, okay. Points. Points. See, I told you, it's just like the '70s cinema. It's exactly what it is. (laughs) Okay, no, 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 no. Yeah, yeah, okay, okay. Um, (laughs) Don't be crazy. (laughs) That one, no, no. So I just thought that that was really funny. Um, I didn't even realize that that was yeah. See, an homage. Uh, But but I, I I loved how he was. He was he was practical, like I was saying. So where Wang is knocking on the door, he's like, "Hollow, hollow," and Jack just has his knife and he knocks on um, the yeah <laughs> on the paper doors. And he's like, "Ah, oh, fuck it," and he just cuts through. <laughs> that's that's such a microcosm for his his attitude for the whole film. Ah, fuck it, whatever. Like, why do we have to throw salt on something or like say a magic spell? Like, I'm just gonna walk through this thing, right? <laughs> Like, I like it when, he, when Jack Burton sees the Chinese writing and he's like, what does that say? And then Wang's like, um, hell of boiling oil. You're kidding. <laughs> yeah, I am. It just says keep out. <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. Uh, man, he has, he's got a lot of knives on him, doesn't he? Yes. He's got a knife everywhere. <laughs> he needs to be careful. Those knives aren't very sharp. He just holds it in his mouth like a pirate all the time. Yeah. He's probably got a lot of paper cuts on his... <laughs> Knife cuts on the corner of his... He can't eat sandwiches or anything like that, man. Oh, man. Can't have ketchup or orange juice. Um, what else you got? So... I'm shooting this shit down. Uh, no, I don't I don't really... Uh, you got a few of them, but... Oh, okay. So, I, I, I thought it was pretty funny when... When uh, after Wang and Jack escaped that little circular room with... With... Uh, Tong Po, or whatever his name. <laughs> I don't know. One of the Ra- Raiden number three. I think he was Thunder. I think his name is actually oh, Thunder. Oh, Thunder. Yeah, he gets all garbage pail kid at the end. Of the yeah, movie. he gets all big. Yeah, so he gets upset when they. When He's they... got a lot of pent up aggression. <laughs> he needs to try Levitra when they get uh, escape him, and then they pick up some guns. Him, Eddie, and Wang, and um, they Jack trades with Wang. Wang trades with Eddie, and Eddie's kind of pissed because he gets a handgun. <laughs> He started with a with a machine gun. Oh my god! I thought that was really good too. <laughs> that part was. I'll, I'll give credit. I'll give credit where credits due for no, that. It's, but it's a really funny movie. The, you are right. I mean, the, the comedic timing is just amazing. When the two gangs are um, corner of the alleyway, Wang and Jack, and they're in the truck, and then they see the the funeral proceeding. Um, from the good gang and he's asking what's happening Wang's explaining it and then the other the bad gang the one that's financed by Lopan they come out um Shang Tsing Shang Tsing Wing Kong is is the they're the bad guys and then Shang Tsing are the uh the good guys okay um so 
Uh, and the Shingsing are the ones that do the L for love, which, <laughs> actually, for love. which actually was pretty cool. Uh, but dude, that scene was so weird and it progressed. It escalated quick, like Anchorman quick. I mean, they like yeah, guns, funeral, to funeral to fucking bandoliers and like guns to knives to Muppet arm breaks. Yeah. <laughs> um, but that was just, that one was so weird. And then low pan looking like a, like a $2 whore, like all that makeup on. Um, Listen to you. Fun, fun what fact. What kind of action do you give for $2? Uh, if you have to ask, it's going to cost you. <laughs> um, so, uh, also other fun fact, uh, the three characters, Thunder, Rain, and Lightning, I got it right, uh, were the inspiration for Raiden, actually. That's why I kept saying Raiden, but um, I'm pretty positive they were the inspiration for Raiden in Mortal Kombat. Dude, okay, how how do they they got shot at by by both the the Wing Kong and the Shang right. Si, and and how did they not die? But then like they die by a golem statue getting thrown on. Like, how the hell did that happen? Maybe they're really fast and they were dodging bullets. They weren't moving. Well, they're <laughs> moving so fast it looks like they're not moving. No science. <laughs> No, that shit didn't make any sense. Because, no. like, wait, are they immortal? But uh, Well, I feel like they've been around for a long time. But how did they just die by, it, like, a knife? Or why did he explode himself? Why was he so mad that he... Self- angst. Self-destruct. Angst. He's, he's been a teenager okay, for a very well, long time. That shit was weird. Those, those guys were kind of cool at first, but then I didn't understand how they would fight Wang. Unless Wang is, like, magical or something he's like that. He's pretty badass. Although they did drink the secret Asian technique, they did drink the the potion. Yeah, the 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 what is it like the demon the six bag demon or something like that? Oh, no, 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 that's his uh, his yeah six demon bag six demon bag. That's his little thing that he throws all that. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> What's in it, egg? Oh man, egg Wind, sh- fire, all that kind of thing. Egg Shen was awesome. <laughs> I I do like Egg Shen a lot. He was he was so good. Um, no, I mean. I, yeah, they didn't make any sense. I didn't understand why they did it. I didn't like that little dance thing right before they were about to get married. And then both uh, green-eyed Bettys, they had to hold on to the swords and then, like, touch touch the balls. Right, very <laughs> ceremonial. I, I didn't understand how they passed the, the test. But I guess I don't have to understand it because it's all magic, right? <laughs> right. When in Rome. <laughs> for for us muggles, it's, it doesn't matter, <laughs> yeah. right? What this do you, is it. What do you think they call us muggles? I don't know. No madge. <laughs> no madge? No vages over here? <laughs> That's such a cop-out. Why don't they just all call them muggles? I hate the no madge term. I don't like the no madge either. I don't really like to give labels. No. Um. Yeah. I like warning labels. Warning. Um. <laughs> oh, I like that when... When Wang was saying something... Oh, he's like, I lost a truck. He's like, how do you think I feel, Jack? I lost a no, whole girl. I lost girl. the whole girl! <laughs> That's funny. That was funny, dude. The movie's great. I mean, no, yeah. Now that you're like you're, you're laughing and you're I having think, a good time, you're gonna watch it again. I think I appreciate. So I thrice did. Times. I did watch it twice because I needed to uh, just understand how bad it was. Mm. And no, I I did like it. You gotta unravel the mystery. It's it's like a it's like a, a onion. <laughs> Onions have layers. Ogres have layers. Ogres Onions have layers. have layers. You just gotta you gotta peel it back, man, and just enjoy it. So, watching it a second time did help, and I think that once you can get beyond the ridiculousness of it, if you can really kind of open your mind a little bit and and 
and look at it for what it is. Get beyond the the crazy Muppet arm breaking and the jumping out of Trans Am's ways. Like they're I don't know why they stood in, in front of that Trans Am for so long at the airport and then jumped last minute. I don't I don't think they were actually staying there for a long time. I think the car was actually going really fast, yeah. and so uh, it was just a it was there before you know it. Fun fact: they filmed that shot in reverse. I believe it. Yeah, stay for that way. I mean, no way. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't have unions back then for that kind of stuff. But um, he, uh, he even has a thing. He says, I never drive faster than I can see. Yeah, 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 yeah. I did, I did like how some of the illusion, uh, or some of the callbacks, I guess, to, like, the things that he did with, like, his reflexes or something, you'd see it later on in the film. Right, right? so at the beginning, there's the, there's the bet that he, the, can, he can cut the bottle, yep. that Wayne can cut a bottle in half. Yeah, that and, foreshadowing and, of, of that. Right. Sort of, but yes, and then he he catches it, which was really that scene was kind of odd too. I thought that that Wang was going to use like a trick bottle, and then he just like almost hits it at Jack. Well, yeah, because that's the thing. He goes, he's going to cut that bottle, yeah. and then Jack says, "Not that bottle." And this then he takes bottle. a drink, and he goes, "This bottle." Yeah. And that's because Jack too is a bit of a hustler. So yeah. I mean, he's going to use his street smarts to yeah. get the upper hand on that one. Yeah. But then Wang ultimately admits that his mind and his spirit were not at one. He's so distracted because he's in love. Head over heels, gonna be seeing yeah. this girl, and we've all been there. Whether you, no matter who you're in love with, it, when you're smitten, you're smitten. Yeah. You're not thinking clearly. Yeah. Let's talk about Gracie Law, um, Kim Cattrall. I I liked her in this role. I thought I thought she was cool. Um, I thought that they were. She was kind of the um, counterpart to to Jack in the sense of she was the yin and he was the yang. Right. She gives him the nudge. Sometimes we all just need a little push. And she was more of the brains and he was the quote unquote bronze. Mm-hmm. Um, he worked out pretty hard for this role. Um, you could tell with that 80s bod. But yeah, no, he, that sweet he actually, tea. yeah, he didn't look, t- I mean, dude, that, that tank top, oh, I, I have to admit, that's a, that's a pretty badass Halloween costume. He, he can rock a pretty sick mullet. <laughs> dude, yeah. He can rock a pretty sick mullet. I'll give him that. But, um, no, uh, I thought that, that she was she was awesome in it. I thought she did a she did a good job in that role for what it's for what it is basically. Um, yeah, she was a babe too. I mean, I liked her fake green eyes that she wore contacts in. Right. So it might not even be in every scene. Yeah, if if you watch <laughs> if you watch the Blu-ray version, uh, you can tell the difference because the first viewing I uh, did not watch the Blu-ray version. Um, I watched it on. Uh, I can't remember, but um, I watched it Blu-ray second time, or maybe it was the other way around. Anyways, um, I did notice that it was a lot more apparent that they were very fake green eyes. It was pretty comical, but it's okay because they were very bright green eyes. It 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 gave the story a little oomph. So. Right. <laughs> but yeah, no, she was uh, she was good. I liked Tracy Law, and it was weird. Um, I guess this kind of makes sense now that I'm talking about it more. They, they all were in, <laughs> they were all. It, Don't be crazy. It was in their neighborhood, and 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 like that's why. We, yeah. we, neighborhood we, watch, man. They had to get involved. Their their home was under siege. Well, and Gracie just shows up at Wang's restaurant, and like like that's a normal thing. Like, right? She's you know, always there, trying yeah, to stir the pot. Yeah, just just so she can, and they were fine with it. Um. Except for the the grandpa or whatever, he's like, "What the hell is Gracie Law doing here?" Right. And she's probably on benches, park benches, <laughs> just hanging like a bum. <laughs> I mean, she she does a lot of pro bono work. 
Is she true. she's very involved with the community. She has the interest of the people mm-hmm. in, at heart, and so she is a different sort of attorney. You know, she's there to stand up for people's rights, sort of an ACLU mm-hmm. type of mentality. Mm-hmm. And so when she sees that people don't have the same opportunities or the same rights, that's when she steps in. Very brave woman. Okay. Okay. I really liked when, uh, uh, in the climax, when she is all, you know, dressed up and stuff in the wedding attire. Um, and then her and Jack kiss in the elevator and he has all the red lipstick on his face for continuity's sake they they leave that on and that was so cool because i was like wait a minute what <laughs> like this is crazy why does he have that that has nothing to do why does he have that on and then she wipes it off like okay i'll give him that that was that was cool that they kept it in there but no that was that was awesome because that was a cool scene i like that um right so he's trying to play this tough guy yep and he's got super red lipstick on his mouth yep (laughs) and it's just amazing i know and And he he doesn't even know it he's just like yeah i'm here i'm gonna kick some ass take some names and then wayne comes into backflips in his his top gun onesie (laughs) his fly suit suit. (laughs) (laughs) which that was so weird that he had but yeah um but uh no it was it was really cool i liked that uh when he threw the knife at Lopan and he missed, it's a good knife. <laughs> he throws it right at him. Yeah, and he catches it and he throws, catches it, and right throws back. it right back. He gets him right in the head. That's incredible. That was that was cool. I thought that was cool. So he he did. I mean, yeah, he was pretty central. He killed Lopan. Yeah, he's the, he's the man. But he didn't make him human. No. <laughs> so that was that was where Egg Shen came in and said, "No, we have to let the ceremony mm-hmm. finish. We can't do anything to Lopan until he is." Uh, of flesh and bone again yep yep so that's and that's interesting because you know wang is very torn he just wants to save mao yang and he isn't thinking clearly and so that's why it's always good to sort of have that experience that yeah. that elder yeah to be able to say dude just fucking calm your jets <laughs> you're dressed for the part just fucking don't be flying by the tower right now oh. we gotta we gotta let this shit happen don't worry it's gonna be okay and that's that's sort of this, you know, this with age comes wisdom and patience. Yeah. And and that ultimately persevered. It's great. <laughs> okay. I mean, he's he's kind of that Yoda character. Yeah, too. absolutely. What um what's that line? I really liked that line too. Uh before he goes to the the white dragon i think is what it was um the white tiger it's like the it's the whorehouse yeah um where they think um wing's girlfriend is ming mm-hmm. yeah um and jack burton's gonna go and gracie lost telling him no but he says if i don't make it or, yeah, yeah what yeah, is it yeah. you, you probably know it better than yeah I uh, actually i have it right in front of me but yeah he says um uh okay you people sit tight uh, hold the fort and keep the home fires burning if we're not back by dawn, then he pauses and winks. <laughs> call the president. That's that's fantastic. So the only part I knew was call the president, and that was I thought that was that was good. I I didn't get it at first, but then the more I thought about it, I was like, okay, okay, I could, that that was cool. That was kind of his just like muchismo yeah, kind of. Yeah. I'm a big deal. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a big deal carrying over. <laughs> so the more I, I I do think about it, 
I could see that him being almost like the nomad. Right. Like he's like of... peacocking basically. He's it, like, hey, yeah. yo, I'm this tough dude. Yeah. I'm going to do this. Ex- I don't have to do this, except, but I'm going to do this. Except he, in, in like no fight does he actually really do anything other than when he haphazardly shoots his gun and, oh, what's the matter? First time you ever plugged a guy? He's like, of course not. <laughs> no, you got to take the safety off. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He's completely out of his element. Yeah. Um, and that's what's great, you know. You mentioned it with um, Gracie Law being his, sort of the yin and yang, and she basically is that that person that gives him that nudge to yeah. to be able to just spread his wings. You know, yeah. it's fantastic. And then, you know, when he's seen how dedicated um, Wang is to this whole cause, and how you know this is life or death. This has to happen. They have to be successful. Um, it really ups the stakes, and he he delivers. It's fantastic. Yeah, no, I I'll, I'll agree with that. Um, I thought that that was that was neat to have him um, kind of play that role. And the more you, you you do kind of look at it and think of it, I I could see now why The Rock would make like a a sequel to this. I mean, obviously not be Jack Burton, but you could just kind of take it from there because he's not like oh I'll stay here and continue my life. He's like nope. I'm gonna continue hitting the road. Yep. You know, he's very Rambo esque in that. Right, and I think even though a part of him wanted to stay, he just knew that in his own mind, he would probably say something or do something mm-hmm. and break her heart. And mm-hmm. he just didn't want to. He didn't want to. He was vulnerable, and he didn't want to um, show that side. I think I, he yeah. was very flawed. I think that's kind of like a western too. Like right. in, in several Came westerns, you know, you, you come into town, you do good, or you get you know, uh, placed into this kind of setting where you, you have to do good and your true character comes out, but then the person moves on. Or like oh, the best example that I can think of most recently was like Mad Max, where he's just, he only has one goal. He just wants to survive. Right. He gets thrown in. He has to do the right thing. And in several, in the Road Warrior and stuff too. And then he, when he's done, he doesn't want to live there. What doesn't want to glory. Yeah, he just, keep moving. he wants some gazoline and some food and water and wants <laughs> yeah, to get the hell, maybe gasoline. a couple, couple, couple lizards to eat and then get the hell out of there. <laughs> I right? forgot about that. Stomping on lizards. Stomping on lizards. You know, there's, there's one line, you know, this movie's full of one-liners and it does have some pretty solid um, one-liners. When, when they're doing the toast to drink the, the super devil juice. Oh yes. When please. he's like, here's to the army and Navy and the battles that they've won. Here's to uh, America's colors, the colors that never run. And then Jack says, may the wings of liberty never lose a feather. That's that's beautiful. That was cool. That, that would be, you know, actually, I toasted that on Thanksgiving with my grandparent. I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, no, I, I thought that that was, I thought that was good. And then they drink their, their magic potion. And then, <laughs> Super devil juice. Know, Give me that little girl. Feeling, feeling pretty good. <laughs> Is it hot in here? <laughs> oh, and then they start doing the, the elver love. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I did so good. I did. Zach. I did. Don't be crazy. I did like that he embraced some of it. <sighs> yeah, I did like that he embraced some of that stuff. Um, I definitely think this movie needs a second viewing. <laughs> needs a third viewing. <laughs> mm, I don't know if I can push a third. Maybe you just. You have been having a ball talking about this movie. Now, I, I, honestly, I think you don't have to do it tonight. You don't got to do it tomorrow. I'm just saying that when you have a moment and you're feeling good, you got your beer, and you can just relax and just turn on a movie and just power down the inner Zach and just enjoy it. Yeah. 
I think you will really like this movie. And I hate telling people that I think they'll like something. Right. Anytime someone's like, oh, you'll love this movie. It's so good. I instantly I'm hate like, dude, yeah. <laughs> eat, a, eat, a, eat a bag of dicks, dude. I'm not interested in what you think I'll like. Um, you don't know me. Yeah, you don't know me. What the fuck? Shit, I like Starship Troopers. <laughs> I love that movie. Oh, um, yeah, so... No, I, I definitely think it's one that you need. You, you need a second viewing. I think it's... But looking at it in that sense of just suspend your disbelief for a little bit. Yes. Um, kind of just let yourself have fun with this movie. It's not, it's, it, it doesn't have to be on the nose with everything. It can be over the top. It doesn't have to be, you know, straightforward. Uh, expect the unexpected at random things can happen. And, and I think that randomness gives it its character. Um, and again, I think Kurt Russell does a great job in this. Um, not my favorite role of his, but I still think he does a, a, a good job in it. And um, it's funny. I, I think there are a lot of good one-liners. It's not as funny as Justin thinks. I don't think it's funny as Justin thinks it is. But I, I, I do think it's. Oh, man, I do so think good. it's funny. I do think it's funny. Um, yeah, I, I think it's funny when you talk about it afterwards. Sure. Like friends. Anchorman was like that for me. Anchorman, I quote every goddamn day. Yeah. Anchorman, Step Brothers, Dumb and Dumber. I mean, I quote those movies like every day. Right. And like when I was watching Anchorman, I wasn't into it at all. And then over the course of like multiple weeks of just quoting it, yeah. I found myself loving it. I quote that damn movie all the time. So, yeah, it's um <laughs> he goes he goes, he goes wing these guys, the sing dings. Chang Sing, they got enemies. <laughs> Wing Kong, who wear red turbans. <laughs> I Sing love that. As he's watching them in the mirror, it's yeah. so funny. I know, and they're just like sitting in the truck watching all this shit. And then during the gunfight, yeah, during the gunfight, how were no bullets hitting the windshields? Like yeah. there was a lot of ammunition being fired. There. Oh god! And they're like totally into it. They're like looking at each other, like he just got shit. his knife in his hand, like that's gonna do anything. <laughs> That's so good. Oh, get out of here, Jack! <laughs> oh. oh man, yeah, no, no, no. I thought that, that was, I thought that was good. Um, it did make me hungry. I wanted, I like that Egg Shen's bus was the Egg Fuyong. <laughs> did you see that? <laughs> yeah. His bulletproof tour bus, basically. Jeez. Um, I don't know, but yes, I, I do think that this movie requires a couple more viewings. I do think that this movie too is. It celebrates that campiness and the cheesiness, um, and it doesn't take itself too serious. So I think that's why you can have fun with it. So I, while I don't think it's a great movie, I do find it enjoyable and fun. So you have changed my mind on it a little bit more. So I I, <laughs> I, I, I think I, I liked it. I think I liked it. That's what oh, I'm I'll take it. Yeah. I think I liked it. Don't be I crazy. I think I liked but it. But see, that's just it, right? So, you know, there's there's great movies... There's bad movies, um, and then there's guilty pleasure movies. And this was movie. This is a movie that I absolutely love and adore. But I will admit that it is a guilty pleasure movie. It's not for everyone. If right. someone walked in and they had never seen it before, they'd be like, "What the hell are right, you watching?" Right. Right. Yeah. And I'd have to say, you know what? Just don't worry about it. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I can't think of any uh, off the top of my head right now that are like that. But yeah, like where you you, you shouldn't have to explain it to somebody. But I don't necessarily think you need to explain this movie to somebody. I think it's, I mean, you did it to me, but 
I think for the sake of this podcast, I wanted to critically look into it more. I think if you... <laughs> you wanted to dissect it and murder it and well, kill it again. And, and then that's just... That's how my mind works sometimes. But it, I think you just need to go into it. And the best advice I'll say this is just, just suspend disbelief. Shut your mind off for a little bit. And just kind of have fun with it. Because it's ridiculous. And like, yes, it's an 80s film. But it's a quintessential 80s film a romp a romp so wacky mayhem ensues so when so growing up i because i'd always see this movie you know like in theaters and posters and stuff like that not in theaters but like at video stores and posters and stuff i always thought it was the same film as little shop of horrors look at the two pictures they look very similar because they both have that green kind of orange color palette with black and stuff. And they're more of those um, cartoon stylized drawings that they used to have for like 70s, 80s movies. Um, but there's, and they both have little in the names. For some reason, I always thought Big Trouble in Little China was like linked to Little Shop of Horrors. <laughs> Big Trouble in Little Shop of Horror China. Feed me, feed me, feed me. That movie's terrible, by the way. I don't talk about nightmares, man. That movie used to scare the shit out of me. I hate that movie so much. But, I mean, it's a musical, and I yeah. I hate musicals. I mean, I've seen a thousand of them. I've gone to, I've seen, whatever, Phantom of the Opera, West Side Story. I like musicals. Whatever. Les Miserables, <laughs> you, you name it, I've seen it. Les Miserables? But, yeah. I'm like, man, this place sucks. It's very depressing. Too much singing. <laughs> They're always singing about something. It's like, just, Jesus, these are words. Ooh. Here's a, here's a thought. What if they adapted Big Trouble in Little China into a musical? Yes, on on ice. Let's spruce this goose. Low pan, 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 pan. <laughs> I would do it, man. I would I would go watch Big Trouble in Little China, the musical, on ice. Because there's big trouble <laughs> in Little China. Let's do it. <laughs> um, all for it. You got to cast uh, Zac Efron though as. He, he doesn't. Uh, he doesn't wear deodorant. What? Yeah, I was reading this whole. Oh, I, mean, I went down the rabbit hole the other day. I had day a man crush on him about um, whatever, like celebrities with poor hygiene. That's weird. I know it was. I don't even know how I got there, but it, there was all sorts of different people that I was unaware of their ability to want to use deodorant and antiperspirants i think they like the enemy so like gwyneth paltrow she doesn't do antiperspirants that doesn't surprise me julia roberts doesn't do antiperspirants doesn't surprise me either um what's his brad pitt and angelina julie no i don't know about her but yeah there was just this whole thing neither and i just care and matthew mcconaughey you know he doesn't shower unless someone complains um and (laughs) zach efron's in that same boat they just use baby wipes that's gross, man. I agree. I mean, you don't need to like you don't necessarily have to shower a ton. Like it's actually damaging your skin if you do uh, too much soap and too, showering too often. But like at least rinse off, bro. <laughs> like, yeah. I shower uh, every day. I shower every day too. I go crazy if let's just say that I woke up at seven o'clock in the morning. Mm-hmm. If I am not showered by like ten, I am mad at the world. Oh, same. same. <laughs> unless I go to the gym or something like that. But or unless I'm like backpacking or, or just doing camping or whatever. I don't mind if I don't shower for like a, a day or two. But um I do feel kind of weird. I at least need to like rinse my hair face or and face. Yeah. Or, totally. Yeah. Um I I literally if I if I am in a a a building with running water, <laughs> I will shower every single day. <laughs> That's just my jam. I can't not shower. My my idea of roughing it when I'm camping is Motel Six. 
<laughs> you mean getting bed bugs? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> with semen and blood stains. Carrying a black light with you? Yeah. <laughs> um did you did you notice the when they all when in the scene when they all dived into the sewer water? Um, Kim Cattrall is very bad at diving. Yeah, I don't know what she did, but watch it again. She like tries to dive in, but Turns it, her belly body flops, goes into like a V, and, and then it, it belly yeah. flops. It's like what happens when I dive. I can't dive for some reason. I love right. swimming, but she I even can't pauses dive. to dive. Yeah, it's really weird. And I was like, well, I guess you got to keep that in there for the sake of keeping it in there, but. Um. Yeah, that was. I thought that part was pretty funny because I was like, "Huh, maybe she yeah. really sucks at swimming." <laughs> I feel like there were a lot of one takes. In yeah. This movie. I mean, if the budget was pretty low, that would make sense. Yeah. I but, mean, I yeah. think the budget was like eighteen million. Which I thought you were gonna say eighteen dollars. I'm like, there's yeah. no way it was. No, it was, like, it was like eighteen million. Yeah. Um. Well, let me check actually. But I got a fancy internet on. My I mean, phone. I don't. I don't know what eighteen million translates to in 1986 dollars, but. Eighteen million five hundred. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, if someone's jumping into water and they're gonna be all wet, and then you gotta redo it, give me a break. Yeah. That's that's a lot of work. Perfect. Oh, we forgot to add a couple of little details to the film. So, um, it was released on July second, nineteen eighty six. Um, oh. I'm not even going to pronounce that because I well mess it up. Uh, the budget was twenty five million estimated. <laughs> Justin, how much do you think the opening weekend did? Mm, one million dollars Ooh, that's really low no 2.7 million dollars oh. <laughs> oh, um, twice as much almost three times as much how much do you think it grossed uh, i think it was only like 14 million 11.1 million yeah, i remember being low Ugh, it was a dud but it picked up steam just like a lot of these movies we're gonna talk about it picked up steam on a cult following, on on fans loving it and and realizing, you know what, it wasn't that bad. Right. And I that, feel like I feel like Dread was another movie that was like that. You yeah. Know, it didn't make a lot of movie at the box office, but everybody that's seen it. Yeah. I mean, I hate to use words like everybody, but all the folks that I have shown the movie yeah. to really, really enjoyed it, and that says yeah. to the miracle of home video. <laughs> yeah, and I I think there's there are a lot of movies that are out there that are like that. I think it's it just it depends. I mean. Can you blame people though for the price of movie tickets nowadays? It's no, like eighteen dollars, yeah. and so also like I, I love Halloween, right? I didn't see the newest Halloween movie, um, and at this point, it comes out in I, January, right? I'm just gonna wait till next month to see it from the comfort of my own home. I'll like have lights on, so I'm not all scared. But no, I'm just kidding. I'll turn all the lights off. But like, you know, I don't have to spend all that money. And luckily, with Movie Pass and stuff like that, when that was around and when it was good, it helped us see those kind of movies. But I don't think you can necessarily use that as uh, a parallel for why some of these films did bad in the 80s. Because, I mean, tickets were probably like, what, two bucks for movies? And inflation is way different now. I mean, that two bucks was probably like six bucks now, maybe. So, whatever, <laughs> six bucks. But, like, yeah, it's 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 just, it's a little different. So, it is nice having things like MoviePass that can help people get a following but once that stuff's gone yeah we're gonna have to wait till it comes out on video and then it's word of mouth it's oh my gosh have you seen this like the raid the raid was awesome like when yeah. people saw that or edge of tomorrow edge of tomorrow didn't do great in the box offices but like when we start or live die repeat sorry <laughs> live die repeat edge of tomorrow all we, you need is kill as the original yeah, title yeah well that was the anime or that was the manga right right like that was so freaking good and um i love that movie i've seen it so many times and i recommended it to so many people um but that stuff does well outside of its its box office number. So that, that's what they can be deceiving. Um, 
And that's tricky though because Tom Cruise is a a box office draw. Like people he, go he, to see Tom Cruise movies. Yeah, no, that's right. He really is. Um, so that's weird for mm-hmm. um, a non-crazy Tom Cruise to have a flop. I think Oblivion was kind of like the same way too, though. Yeah. And Oblivion actually wasn't too bad. Oblivion. I mean, I like. I say what you want to say about the craziness of Tom Cruise. I mean, I I like him. I think he's. I see every movie he makes, dude. <laughs> his his dude. His sci-fi movies are are spot on. Yeah, Minority cool. Report, so cool. Like he just spotted in the newest Mission Impossible Fallout was excellent. I loved it. Uh, Henry Cavill has guns as arms. Yeah, he reloads. <laughs> he just them. reloads them all the time. Um, yeah. So, big trouble, little China. Yep. That's uh, that's all I got, man. I mean, I definitely would. I'll take it. I definitely would recommend uh, people to watch it. Um, I think it's one of those films that uh, if, if you're a cinephile, um, you have to watch it. It's it, it has a place in, in film history, for sure. Absolutely. I'll take that. I'll yeah. take that as a victory, actually. Yeah. I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll win this one. I'll give you this one. I'll give Asterix. you this one. Yeah, I'll give you this one. <laughs> Don't be crazy. Honestly, it's it's at at the end of the day, Big Trouble in Little China is one of my all-time favorite movies. Love it to death. As I sit in this room, I have a Funko Pop of Jack Burton. I have the screenplay behind me. I have the license plate frame, for, or no, not the frame, but the actual license plate from his truck. Love the movie. Yeah. What's I'm interesting, too, not, though, I didn't have any it. of these things until a year ago. Yeah. It all kind of happened at once. Big things all happen at once. Not there yet, but uh don't think I'll ever get there, but definitely I'd, re- I'd recommend this, and I think you, you did a solid job of convincing me why it's a little bit better. Okay. I'll make you a hair doll of Jack Burton. Ooh. Take home with you. Ooh, thanks. <laughs> you can pet it when you watch it. It'll be amazing. <laughs> awesome. Justin, where can we find you on social media? You know what? You can find me on the Twitter there, at EdgyArmo. I love to tweet, mostly cute animal things, but I will always be engaging. You can find me, Zach, at ZachDale60. That's Zach with an H at the end. 82. <laughs> Not 82. <laughs> Z-A-C-H Dale 60 uh, and we find us both at the DB Crazy Pod um, on Twitter anyway thank you for listening to this very fun and festive and informative episode of the Don't Be Crazy Podcast I'm Justin Cavender and with me as always is Mr. Zach Rancourt thank you so much and we will see you another time